Part two of With Swag and Billy, a guide to walking trips in tourist districts of New South Wales by H. J. Tompkins. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part two Half Day Trips Hints to Tourists On one day trips, lunch, billy, and water bag only are required. Except in respect of Easter trips, the train information given is taken from the winter service, first week in May to first week in October. But as railway arrangements are continually changing, reference should be made to the timetable at the date of journey. For hints as to outfit, see, equipment, in part one. The estimated cost of each trip is based upon actual experience, and, though hotel charges vary, the figures may be accepted as a near approximate half-day trips a friend has urged that there is not a great deal to be said for half-day saturday afternoon walking trips his contention is substantially as follows the time at disposal is too short if one goes home to dinner it is impossible to get under way till about two o'clock in the walking season there is not much of the afternoon left at five p m and when the days lengthen the weather is too fatiguing much disagreeable rushing results and as a rule one is unsuitably clad on saturday afternoon there is not time to penetrate far from the haunts of the crowd the fear to encounter stylishly dressed friends on tram and elsewhere clad in sweater and sandals leads to the encumbrance of much unnecessary and altogether unsuitable clothing and then there is no billy and no enjoyable midday rest and repast with the odour of the campfire pervading everything. This is more or less true, but half-day trips are only designed as an introduction to serious walking, and it is not for a moment pretended that they can be made as attractive as one, two, or three-day trips. Still, some are so circumstanced that Saturday afternoon alone is available, and there are others who, timid of their staying powers, would prefer in the first place to experiment in journeys of that duration, and such being the case, some twelve half-day routes, convenient to the city, are given. Number 1. Kudget along Bay, via Marubra Bay. Distance, about five miles. A delightful outing, a light from Kudgy Tram at Dudley Street, proceed up the hill to the right, and join Long Bay Road at the cemetery. Arrived opposite Marubra, you may continue by road or cross the beach and follow the cliffs round. The latter is much to be preferred, as you are in interesting geological country. See one-day trip number 11. An excellent swimming basin will be found at the southern side of Long Bay, and an endeavour should be made to catch the high tide. From the top of the gentle slope to south, an excellent view of Coast Hospital and the new penitentiary is obtainable. By this time you will be ready for tea. Refreshments are on sale at Long Bay, but those of the elect will have provided themselves with a billy and a little hamper. A frequent tram service obtains. Number 2. Manly to Mossman Wharf, via the Spit. Distance, about 7 miles. This is an easy trip, as to distance, and quite within the powers of the non-robust. The time actually occupied in walking would of course be regulated by the inclination or speed of the walkers, 
but the distance might be compassed easily in from three to four hours. Manly steamers leave Circular Quay at frequent intervals, and an excellent service obtains between Mossman and Sydney. If desired, the walk may terminate at the spit, and tram taken to Mossman Wharf or Milson's Point. Number 3. Watson's Bay to Bondi Beach, by Military Road, or the Cliffs. Distance about five miles. This could be made a most enjoyable trip, to include a dip in the surf, or at Bondi Baths, before taking tram to Sydney. Better still, arrange with the ladies of the family, for whom the walk would be perhaps too fatiguing, to meet you at Bondi Beach, with provisions for an alfresco tea. As to the track, follow the tram line from Terminus to a short distance past the lighthouse. Here, take the left-hand road, passing Watson's Bay Cemetery. Again, take the left-hand road after passing the Chinese Garden, or, if preferred, you may continue as far as the ostrich farm, and cut across the bush to Military Road. If you are accustomed to walking, turn in to the cliff edge so soon as you pass the lighthouse, and follow the cliffs round to Bondi. See one day trip number two. There is now an efficient steamer service from Circular Quay and tram services from King Street to Watson's Bay and to Bondi. Number four. Watson's Bay to Bondi Junction by Old Southhead Road. Distance about six or seven miles. Proceed as in trip number three, except that instead of turning to the left near the ostrich farm, Keep right ahead along Old Southhead Road by the Royal Sydney Golf Club's links. The route may be varied by turning to the right at the old clubhouse and proceeding by O'Sullivan Road to the tram at Rose Bay. Number 5. Parramatta to Burwood, or vice versa, by Great Western Road. Distance about 8 miles. Take Parramatta Return. Inquire at Parramatta for Sydney Road. There is not much to see, but the walking is good, and it is an ancient thoroughfare as we date things. Its associations, if at times grim, are not without fascination. As you pass through a few cuttings, you can easily recognise the work of the sullen, and there appears to be little doubt, often brutally ill-used convict gangs. Here rang out the urgent language of the pioneer bullock driver, and the whip-crack of Cobbenco. Here, too, was the theatre of the exploits of that famous repository of intelligence, the Flying Pieman, and among other things, you will remember, it was here that Charles Darwin set out on the 16th January, 1836, on his celebrated trip across the Blue Mountains, the first stage of which took us to Parramatta, a small country town next to Sydney in importance. An early number of the Sydney Gazette and New South Wales Advisor the first newspaper printed in Australia, contains a curious proclamation anent the maintenance of this thoroughfare. In consequence of the bad state of the road leading from Sydney to Parramatta, and the danger of horses being lamed in the deep ruts near Sydney, it is here directed that all public and private carts and wagons passing that road, not otherwise loaded, do take a load of brickbats from the brickfield, and drop them into the places appointed by the overseer of the roads, by order of His Excellency. Number 6. Centennial Park. Distance 4 to 5 miles, 
or at discretion. Enter the park at the intersection of Oxford Street and Park Road, Paddington, and proceed to the refreshment pavilion. From this point, complete the circuit of the Grand Drive, and take the avenue through the centre of the park, passing the gymnasium and lakes to Randwick Gates, Randwick Coogee Tram to Sydney, or the park might be entered from Cleveland Street or Randwick Gates, the circuit of the Grand Drive made, and the central avenue taken, turning to the right across country at the old polo grounds, and leaving the park at Ocean Street, Woolara. Here the tram to Sydney could be taken, or the journey extended to Edgecliff by Ocean Street. This alternative route is merely a suggestion for the guidance of persons unfamiliar with the Centennial Park. Number 7. Artarmon to Dremoyne Tram by a fig tree, Lane Cove River, Hunter's Hill and Parramatta River. Distance about 6 miles. A pretty and by no means fatiguing trip. The 110 and 140 Saturday afternoon boats from Circular Quay connect with the 120 and 150 trains respectively. Either train gives ample time to walk the distance without any haste and to catch a reasonably early tram to Gladesville Bridge. From Artarman, take Longerville Road and subsequently Burns Bay Road to Lane Cove River. Finger posts at the corner of Longerville and Gordon Roads and at the corner of Longerville and Burns Bay Roads will direct you. After crossing the bridge at Fig Tree, continue by Joubert Street, Hunter's Hill, turning to the right at the Fig Tree Hotel. From here the telephone wires will guide you to Gladesville Bridge. Fine views are obtainable en route of Lane Cove and Parramatta Rivers, of Forest Land and, among other things, of St Ignatius and St Joseph's Colleges. Should you discover that you have misjudged your staying powers, the journey might terminate at Fig Tree, and the city reached per medium of Lane Cove steamer. Refreshments may be obtained at Fig Tree, but if you have your billy and some provisions, an excellent camping ground with plenty of fuel is available at Parramatta River, near Gladesville Bridge. Number 8. Edgecliff Road, Bellevue Hill and Rose Bay Distance 4 or 5 miles Leave Rose Bay Tram at Ocean Street and proceed by Edgecliff Road. In the first hundred yards, immediately behind Edgecliff Post Office, is a remarkably fine harbour view, with Double Bay in front, Darling Point on the left, and Point Piper on the right. Edgecliff Road is about two miles in length, and terminates at Old South Head Road. Keep right on, taking the left-hand road to Willara Park. Some excellent views are obtainable from this miniature park, before continuing the walk by Victoria Road. This will lead round Bellevue Hill to Rose Bay. When opposite Kambala, cross over to the new road skirting Scots College. Here are magnificent ocean and harbour views. At a point behind Scots College, the road might be left, and an interesting excursion made through the bush to O'Sullivan Road. This in its turn leads to Rose Bay. Most of the country through which you have been walking is the famous Cooper Estate, a name that will not be unfamiliar if by any chance you have friends who worship at the shrine of Henry George. Number 9. Pimble to Ride via Marsfield and North Ride 
distance about seven miles. If a Saturday afternoon catch the 120 boat at Circular Quay, this connects with the 132 train, which arrives at Pimble at 1.58. Turn back from Pimble railway station for about half a mile, as though going to Sydney, and take the road to the right just before reaching the gasworks. In less than an hour's walk, this will bring you to the high-level bridge which spans Lane Cove River. There are branch roads, but follow the telegraph line. This leads through the orange-growing country, and in reality passes along the boundary line dividing Ride and Varsfield. Ride Railway should be reached in time to catch the 5.39pm for Sydney. The next train is at 6.31. Number 10. Roads to Leichhardt via Concord and Parramatta Roads. Distance about 7 miles. If Saturday afternoon be chosen for this trip, the 140 from Redfern is a suitable train, and arrives at Rhodes at 1.53, giving ample time for a leisurely return to Leichhardt. It is necessary to notify the guard of your wish to leave the train at Rhodes. The route is along Concord Road, which at this point is only a short distance from the railway line, and is excellent walking, with pretty patches of woodland and open golf country. In the fullness of time, Parramatta Road is reached, already mentioned in number 5, a frequent tram service is available from Leichhardt's. Number 11. Ride to Parramatta by Kissing Point Road and Dundas. Distance, about 7 miles. If there be not a long interval of dry weather, this is a very interesting walk, mostly through orange groves of limited extent, but somewhat similar to Castle Hill. The 1.30pm Saturday from Redfern reaches Ride at 1.59, and the distance being less than eight miles. One should catch the five, or at latest, 5.25pm train at Parramatta. The route is by Kissing Point Road, through Ermington, Dundas and Rydalmere. There is an alternative road nearer to Parramatta River, by Subiaco and Rydalmere Asylum, but via Dundas is recommended. Number 12. Pimble to Fig Tree, Lane Cove River, via Hunter's Hill. Distance about 8 miles. If this trip be made on a Saturday, the 1.20pm boat connects with the 1.32pm train at Milson's Point. This will put you down at Pimble at 2 minutes to 2 o'clock. The walk might occupy 3 hours or less. On arrival at Pimble, turn back for a distance of about half a mile towards Sydney. Then take the right-hand road. The indicator will direct. At a point two or two and a half miles from Pimble, the road crosses Lane Cove River. Look out for the indicator at the top of the hill on the opposite side of the river and take Gladesville Road, turning to the left. There is no chance of mistake from this point until Ride and Gladesville Roads intersect at right angles, about a mile from Fig Tree Wharf. Here take the left-hand road, keeping St. Joseph's College on your right, if the season be not too dry, it is an easy and pretty afternoon's tramp, making as it does an excellent round trip. If a whole day is occupied, it is a good trip for ladies. In this case, a start should be made about 10am, provision made to lunch en route, and a leisurely pace will bring the party to Fig Tree at about 4 to 4.30pm, 
concluding with a pleasant run down Lane Cove River to the city. As a matter of fact, the writer and his little girls, aged fourteen and sixteen, of average physique, accomplished this trip only recently, and neither of them was in the least distressed. A start was made one Sunday by the 10.15am boat from Circular Quay, and the walk from Pimble commenced shortly after eleven o'clock. A rest of two hours was taken for lunch at a pretty fern-clad gully about halfway, and the party was aboard the Lady Hampton at Fig Tree at 4.30pm. End of Part 2